Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. It's the corner where the treats. Is is this the the passing of the torch, right? Is this what this signifies? It comes down to that that front office and what they feel is most important. The champ is here. We've touched down from a higher plane. Why you made it here? We always look forward to that week because it was always intense. You know that we ain't coming back. We got to. The man, the myth, the legend, Dante Hall. My 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 favorite player growing up was Dante Hall. I love you guys and show, but Dante was my guy. Get to dashing because you done on the war feet. This episode of Chief Concerns is brought to you by BetOnline.ag. Our partners at BetOnline continue to be the number one source for all your sports betting needs and sports betting info. Find all the latest odds, news, and sports developments, including this year's NHL Hockey Stanley Cup Finals, Major League Baseball, the latest fighting news, and even next season's early NFL futures. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code, that's BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, to get the bonus and get into the action. Bet online, where the game starts. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Chief Concerns. I'm Marcus Dash, I'm here with our former legendary tight end, Jason Dunn. JD, how you doing, buddy? What's up, brother? What's going on, man? How you doing? How's uh, this nice, wonderful night that we're getting out here? Um you know, dealing with some things that actually some uh, personal things with my nephew. My nephew is actually in the hospital. So I just want to put that out there first. He's an avid guy coming and watching our show. He loves it. Uh, he loves all the interaction. Uh, so his name is Chad. So everybody uh, put a prayer in for my nephew, Chad, that he, he'll do better, made speedy recovery. Uh, and, you know, that's, that's what we're looking for, man. But, you know, hey, should we... Want to bring on like you know the prayers and the good energy and all those good things, man. So we we stand positive everything. So we faithful people, man. We're gonna be there with it. So, but that's other than that, man. Hey, everything's good, man. Another episode of Chiefs Concerns, brother. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Uh, man, that prayers up to uh, to Chad. Uh, Thank you. Hope, hope all is well uh, and everything goes well. Um, uh, so we got some some things to touch up before we we go uh, to the, uh, the the segments tonight. Uh, so first thing uh, I want to. I'm not going to tell you who, but on the episode of the week of July 13th, so the episode will come out July 14th, we're going to have an active player. He's on, he's on the receiver, he's on the receiver depth chart right now. Um, and he's going to come on our show and he's going to talk to us about um, everything that he's kind of gone through this, this offseason with, with the Chiefs uh, in last year, being on the practice squad. Um, so that's exciting stuff. We're going to have him come on. I'm not going to tell you who it is. I want you guys to, you know, be excited about. You know, potential of who it could be. So I'm going to let you guys simmer on that. Um, but yeah, no, it, it's going to be uh, exciting to talk to one of our receivers, especially on an offseason like this, where, you know, a lot of changes going on in that room, um, you know, going down to Texas and um, catching balls from Mahomes and uh, kind of having that little summer camp down there with the guys. Um, so that'll be exciting stuff. Um, then uh, another thing uh, today was kind of a, a sad thing, a sad day in the NFL community. Um, a uh, linebacker, a uh, 26-year-old Jalen Ferguson, uh, was found dead at his at his home um, early this morning. Um, don't know what don't know what happened. Um, I'm not going to speculate here. Uh, but then also, 
a veteran uh, later on today, another Baltimore Raven, also Indianapolis Colt, but um, 55-year-old defensive tackle, uh, Tony Siragusa, the goose, um, passed away. Um, so very sad day in the NFL community, specifically in the Baltimore Ravens community. But uh, JD, do you have any uh, words on um, on these losses today? Yeah, man. It's, I mean, it's always sad uh, to hear guys, uh, anybody lose their life. Uh, a, a young guy like Jalen, um, like I said, you know, just uh, thoughts and prayers go out to his family. Um, you know, dealing with this, uh, just ask right now just for patience and peace and, you know, everybody, you know, because I've seen some some silly stuff on on uh, Twitter and stuff, you know, about what it could be. And this, I'm, I, look, man, the guy just lost his life and trying to be the first one to say why it was and stuff like that. I think, man, it's just, it, it's, it's insensitive to be honest with you, but I just want to say, you know, to his family, hope, you know, everybody's just holding on to each other during this time and goose, uh, man played against goose number of years, number of years. And so he was, he was the big guy in the middle. Yeah. That was who goose was, uh, and huge personality about him. Um, always had that presence, and I think guys just really love being around him, you know, what he contributed, you know, for, you know, just a teammate, uh, but also to just on the football field, just a heck of a player and had a respect for him. And, you know, this is, the, this is the alumni. This is my brothers and this is my brotherhood. Anytime anybody loses their life, like I said, guys that play ball. Uh, it's just one of those things that you got to look at and say, man, you know, it's just, it's tough. It's tough. But I, my, my, my heart goes out to him and his family uh, dealing with this. Uh, just tragic, just tragic. Uh, but, you know, hopefully, you know, everybody just gets around each other, you know, hugs each other right now and understand how precious life is. Regardless of, you know, if you're playing football or, you know, if you're not doing anything else, just, you know, just cherish one another, man. Life is just so precious. It is so precious so we just got to hold on to one another but yeah so Jalen and the big goose Saragusa hey man to honor you all cheers till we see each other again brothers all right yeah um yes sad stuff and Saragusa you know um for a lot of the young guys of my generation obviously you know I, I watch football as a young kid but um I think a lot of people in my generation, the younger, probably remember Syracuse being the sideline guy on a uh, Fox, uh, Fox uh, NFL Sunday uh, from 03 yeah. to 2015. He stopped doing it about five years, seven years ago. Um, man, he, he was great, great personality. He was he was he was a oh, real yeah. he was a real fun guy for uh, to watch the games. Um, big personality. I mean, I, I believe he was also in the movie uh, 25th Hour with uh, with Edward Norton. I remember he had I think I believe he had a small role in that movie. Really, I believe. Okay, so. um, I didn't know that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, no, daily prayers uh, goes to go out to his family and, and Jalen Ferguson's uh, family. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, w- with that being said, I know sometimes whenever we get into some of the, the somber stuff, you know, you know, we have to go, we, we it's the chief show. We got, we got to go to the topics for tonight. Um, yeah. and life, life is important. So it's, it's good to talk about those things, man. You know, we real people and everybody, you know, things are more than just football sure. in, in life. And, you know, we know people out here are going through things as well. Right, they, they watch our, our podcast and us out here in the real world. So we just want to let know we just putting a show a, a lot of love to you all uh, for supporting us. But also too, man, if you're going through anything, man, just let you know that you got guys out here that love you. Me, 
Marcus, uh, Eric, you know, and so, you know, we, 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 we there for you. All right. Y'all keep trucking. hundred percent, hundred percent. And, you know, and also, and, and, and yeah, like it's life, but you know, we put together this show, you know, it's uh to provide a, a little escape and a little levity, you know, absolutely uh, bringing some of that to, to you all. Um, so mm-hmm. we're happy, we're happy to come to you guys weekly. Um, but so it's tight end you week. It's the uh, second annual tight end you week. We'll get, we'll get into uh, yeah. what JD's got to say about the tight ends, but we got for it being tight end you. We've got two tight end segments on the show. And oh. like not, not often we have two tight end segments on the show, but we have two. Oh. What are um, we doing? Oh, shoot. Switching it up a little bit. Yeah, we, we got to, we got, we got, we got, we got some got, tight ends. Yeah. <laughs> show our love and respect. Um, <laughs> I was the first one tonight. Uh, so Rob Gronkowski uh, retired. Um, yesterday, it's the second time he came out of retirement from the Patriots and, and, and came out to play with Brady in Tampa, and now he's retiring again from Tampa. Um, and 11 seasons playing in the NFL. Um, he's, re- he's regarded as one of his era's probably one of the best tight ends of his era, set many records, including most receiving TDs in the postseason for a tight end, uh, being the first tight end to lead the league in receiving touchdowns with 17 in 2011, and most 100 yard games by tight end at 32. Um, so naturally when it comes to the NFL and the guys retiring, we always talk about legacy. Um, and naturally there was a, there, there was a debate sparked between Rob Gronkowski and Travis Kelsey. And there was a time when Travis Kelsey was, it was a young buck when people called him baby Gronk. And Kelsey didn't like being called baby Gronk. I remember he had a press conference. He said, don't call me that or, or, or something like that. Something okay. to that, that effect. But, um, the, the debate was who's going to go down in history as the better tight end between Travis Kelsey and Rob Gronkowski. Obviously, Kelsey has at least, not knock on wood, he had at least three to five years left, um, maybe hopefully more with the way he plays. Um, right. And he's really ha- never had any significant injuries like like Gronkowski did have a lot of significant ones. But he's got a lot of ball left to be played for him. But as of right now, you kind of see where the trajectory of Travis is going. Who do you think is going to have the better career between Rob Gronkowski and Travis Kelsey? Who is going to have the better career? Yeah, up uh, between the two. Wow. <laughs> uh, I, you know what? I tell you what. I know you, we have these debates all the time about you know greatness and goats and who's this and who's that. Uh, and and I'll I'll say this. I, you know, both these guys I think have have cemented what they have given to the game, their legacy, no doubt about it. Um, and I'll talk about, you know, Gronk first. Gronk, without a doubt, uh, celebrate his 11 years of playing in the NFL, uh, gave a lot to the game. I mean, dominated, absolutely dominated up there in, in New England. Uh, came down to Tampa Bay, won another ring, uh, and, and, and did a good job down there too. And so uh, he was integral in, in, in all the wins and all the Super Bowls, well, at least some of them when he was playing, uh, that New England had won uh, when he was up there. So we can't, I can't say enough about what, what Gronk did. And to be honest with you, when he first came out and was catching footballs, you know, I was just kind of looking at this guy. I'm like, man, you know, he's a good player. He's, you know, he's kind of, you know, he's, he's a really uh, physical guy, uh, really good blocker, uh, just took up space. And he just, I mean, he was just housing guys out there on the football field. And so you, I always wondered, like, a guy this big just could move like that kind of that fast and getting open. And he's just, he was just killing safeties, linebackers, corners. It didn't matter who he lined up against, man. And when it, in his time and Hey D, 
he, he was fun to watch, man. Gronk was fun to watch. So, uh, you know, congratulations of his 11 years. He gave a lot. Uh, Gronk, uh, good job. Good job. He did a great job. Just go out there and go playing. Now, let me move over to, to Travis, okay? Move to Travis. When we talk about when it's all said and done, right? We're talking about in, in the future, what guys may end up being like or being about. Well, Travis has kind of set himself apart a lot because of what he's been able to do on the football field, you know, with the uh, thousand yard, you know, games uh, in year at consecutive years at the year. Uh, so look, he's without a doubt, if he doesn't get injured anymore and he continues to have the success that he's having, you know, like you said, another three or four years, he's going to be able to play, you know, maybe even longer, you know, because it's all about consistency. Uh, I think there's no way like in the conversation and I, I know, look, it's all subjective that you can't sit there and say that Travis will not be one of the best of all time, period. Uh, I think they was they were showing, they were talking about bringing up some tight ends names. And, of course, they brought up Gonzalez. I think they brought up Gatesy, uh, Winslow, Sharp, uh, then, then Gronk, right? And I see the guy was like, hey, man, I, I know what name you forgot about. It was Travis Kelsey, right? But Travis is still playing. Travis is still eating. Travis is still killing them out there. And so – you know, nobody wants to be premature and saying those things, but everybody understands Travis's greatness out there on the field, right? I mean, come on. He's, without a doubt, to me, the best tight end in football right now. Now, I even seen somebody having that debate. Like, they had him, like, maybe third or fourth, like, best tight end in the NFL, right? And so everybody's going to have arguments, whatever they, you know, what they talk about, right? Now, I'm, I'm going to have my mind as a tight end looking at these things. The thing he's able to do, the way he's able to play, catch the football, and just, I mean, be elusive. I mean, he's, man, he's, he's without a doubt. Uh, I think when it's all said and done, man, he, he's going to be absolutely one of the upper echelons, lines and it's going to be hard for guys to beat. Mm. Now, with that being said, you know, because we, there's different eras. And I think that's why sometimes everybody's kind of, you know, a little bit um, uh, put off by the, the, the comparison anyway, right? Or the GOAT, who's the best, this and that all the time, right? Because everybody's asking me, well, who's better, Tony or Travis? Who's better, Tony and Travis, right? That's always the question I hear all the time. I'm like, look, man, I think the Chiefs had two of the best tight ends ever played a game of football. That's the way I feel about it. So, uh, you know, and then people can say, well, well, look, well, how many targets did this guy have? What was the offense like, you know, when, you know, Tony was playing and Travis was playing? And I think, you know, these things encompass a lot. Because I look at it more so uh, numbers tell the story. I don't think they tell all the story, right? Like I look at uh, a great tight end encompassing everything, uh, catching the football, being able to get open, being dominant out on the football field, uh, blocking, all those things. And Travis, he checks all the boxes. He does. And I think sometimes he just doesn't get it, it, much of uh, recognition for his blocking but I watch him out there, you know, as a tight end, I'm watching everything. I'm watching, you know, I'm getting in the hands. I'm watching the play when it develops. And I, I'll know if he's getting a block, he's not getting a block. Or, you know, like Shannon, Shannon Sharp would get, you know, he get in the way. He'll get in the way because he just wasn't big enough. Sometimes he just make sure, look, I just got to hold a guy up one or two seconds and that was it. Uh, where maybe Gronk might have been a little bit more um, uh, force, forceful in his blocking, right? 
so I know it's all going to be subjective, but I think when it's all said and done, I, I, I don't think you could deny Travis uh, saying he's going to be better than Gronk. I just don't. And I think the numbers kind of bear it out. Now, what Gronk has is, of course, is you know, what they're going to say championship. Look, he, he, he's got he's got rings. You know, that is an indicator. And it is. It's an indicator. So that's why I say these these, these conversations are kind of subjective, you know, to have a debate. Um, but I'll say this. Both these guys are great tight ends. Uh, both of them are going to be one of the best to ever play the game, without a doubt. Uh, so, hey, man, you know, you, you pick your – you pick who you want to get, you know, but I, I think, you know, I'm not going to sully anybody or say anybody's not, you know, good enough, man. Gronk was dominant all during his time. And he played no doubt about it. And Travis is still killing him while he's playing right now. And he's going to continue to do that. Mm-hmm. So, like I said, as long as he's not, you know, doesn't get hurt and he's consistent and on doing those things, he's going to be fine. So yeah, that's where I'm at with it. I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I'm with you. I, and I think for me, and I, when we talk about the Gonzalez, um, the, the Gonzalez debates, and I know a lot of Chief fans now are, you know, people have something against Tony with the whole Atlanta stuff and whatever. Right. People right. Are, 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 they always say Kelsey's better than Tony. And, and if you look at the, we look at the top, uh, top tight ends of all time, Sharp, like we said, Gronkowski, say Kelsey, yeah. Gates. Yes. All those guys have, I'm not, I'm not saying Gonzalez in this one, all those guys have one thing in common. They all had quarterbacks who are going to be Hall of Fame quarterbacks throwing to him. You know, Gates had Breeze for a short period of time. He's got Rivers who could be possibly a Hall of Famer. Arguably his numbers will get Hall of Fame numbers. Um, Gronk had Brady. Sharp had Elway. Mm -hmm. Kelsey's going to have Mahomes. Right. And not to knock all the quarterbacks. There were some quarterbacks that that, that, that Gonzalez had that were badass. I thought they were badass, but but they weren't Hall of Fame famers. Trent Green, badass quarterback, not a Hall of Fame. Right. Um, Without a doubt. Without a doubt. Biggs, one of our guys, he had that, had that amazing season where he he targeted the hell out of Gonzalez. Saw a quarterback, not a Hall of Famer. Uh, Gerback, not a Hall of Famer. Um, right. Brody, not a Hall of Famer. I mean, Hewitt, not a Hall of Famer. I mean, all these guys that, you know, Tony put up these numbers and with quarterbacks. And you've seen through the ages where he has badass tight ends come out of college. Amazing. But they go to a team like – the Browns, for example, in the, in the early 2000s, where they were going from quarterback to quarterback to quarterback, and those tight ends were impacted by it. They never really panned out. Right. But was that right. because of them, or was that because they're the quarterback situation? They never matter for Tony. No, hey, look, and, and, and I think that that right there is, is a great case. That's an argument because who, it didn't matter who was who was under center, uh, he was still was dominant, and it was all about what he was able to do out there on the football field. Yep. So if he get the ball anywhere near 88, man, he, you know, he was, he was snagging that joker, yeah. you know, and I, I, look, I played with him. So I know what he can do. I know how great he was. Mm-hmm. So, you know, when people try to, Hey, you know, what you th-? I'm like, look, man, they, he, I know without a doubt in a game, if something's on the line, I'm looking to 88. Mm-hmm. There ain't no question about it. The whole stadium knows you, you should go to him. Mm-hmm. And so, um, uh, that's that's it. Bottom line, I'm like, look, this dude right here, but is a machine. I'm talking about incredible, and I'm talking about the consistency of not being hurt over the years, not yeah. missing games. Come on, man, 17 years, yeah. yo. I don't think people taking into account. I get it. You know, sometimes when you're young and and you don't quite see, you know, the plays and watching the person play, you can't quite appreciate it like you like you would as somebody who was a current player, right? Because of the domination. Uh, but you know, I mean, who, who's the site man that? You know, if you had if Patrick had, you know, Tony when he was playing, not like how many catches would he do, right? Yeah. If the offense was predicated off of kind of more of what we they're geared toward now, right? 
more of a passing league, what would his numbers be? Mm-hmm. So we, we you know we don't know that, but I do I do know that that sucker right there, he's he's a whole different animal. Yeah, you can't go wrong with any of those guys. And it's a good point. Forget that. Forget the fact that you know. Let's say we want to talk about. Oh, let's say Tony played with Pat, and I and I I can imagine that Tony in his head is like, oh man, I wish I played with Pat. But um, but in this in this day and age too, we're talking about the day and age too. So not only Pat, but fast forward the amount of years because Tony's putting up numbers that were like insane for a tight end back in the early 2000s. Yeah. But you put that into it nowadays with feeding Tony the ball. I mean, with, with the offenses that we have now, I mean, I mean, who knows right. what he could have put up. And that's something that's so unique to Tony that no other tight end that we, when these, in this conversation we're talking about, none of those guys had to go through kind of the kind of quarterback carousel that he had to go through. And. Yeah. Sure. I even say uh, also too. You know, Tony was getting doubled and triple team a lot. There was time he was getting up like triple team, and Gronk has some of that up there in New England. Yeah. There was times, you know, he was getting you know double and triple team, and I see sometimes you know Travis getting some of that. I think they do a good job of spreading the field out where you can't you know double triple team a guy as much you know defensively uh, like they used to. You know, because mm-hmm. we used to have you know a running game and and whatnot. You know, we lean on Priest or, or Larry. You know, we had. You know, that's how our offense was kind of predicated. And, you know, we, we did a lot of, of great things, successful offensively. Uh, but, yeah, man, I, I, I just – that's why I say, man, sometimes these, these these arguments about what they want to say and how they do it, hey, man, look, you choose what do you want to say. I'm, I'm taking it from what I know, yeah, okay? Yeah. I watched I watch the Joker. Watch him get better. I watched the sucker dominate. I watched when I know for a fact the end of the game is on the line. We need – where we going, yeah. you know, and and it's and, and the same here with Travis. That's where we should go. Yeah. There's the game on the line. When we need a we need a play. Something happened. Boop. Give it to him and let him hit his head on the goalpost. So yeah. this right here, this logo, it's had the two best tight ends of all time. Period. And, and don't forget that that logo has also had the best run blocking tight end. Just the best pass block and run blocking tight end in uh, the guy I'm talking to right now. So, yes, sir. Hey. <laughs> and, and, and that's a part of the game we don't even talk about anymore is that the tight ends who, who can block like that. Because right. a, a lot of that doesn't even exist anymore. A lot, a lot of it's like what you said. It's kind of a, a guy who can come in and block for like maybe a second or two. And, and they, that, that, that that's what would be a, you know, that blocking tight end now. Yeah, right. Hey, man. You know, hey, and, I, and I appreciate all of it. I do. I appreciate every every little bit of it. You know, I enjoyed it. And these guys, you know, have done putting in a lot of hard work. And these guys that's out here blocking and catching and whatnot. Hey, I'm, I'm yep. Yep. celebrating them. Yep. Um, and that's we will have more to for the tight ends in uh, in, a, in a little bit. Um, okay. So next one, you kind of talk about it here. Um, the next topic, you mentioned that, you know, Tony was double teamed and he was kind of our one of our main go tos. Um, well, our, our guy, I mean, to say, you know, talk about Kelsey now. I mean, he was he was kind of the Kelsey anti-reek for a period because he was our guy. You know, he was our number one receiver, yeah. number one tight end. Um, but so everyone's talking about uh, the Chiefs wide receiver room, how it's so deep. And it's the deepest it's been in a really, really long time. Um, and we've talked about on the show. Uh, and one thing that I've seen a lot of fans talking about online um, is this question. So it's kind of it's a two-part. Uh, fans want to know how you think Mahomes' mindset will change by having good depth versus a reliance on one guy in time. Tyreek, um, and how might he anticipate defense changing their coverages now that this wide receiver depth exists? 
you got to be there in a time period where we went from kind of uh, so Tony uh, centric to then we had Kennison, we had Semi Parker, and we had Dwayne Bow, and we yeah. kind of saw the, all this kind of like kind of expand a little bit. Mm-hmm. What do you with those, with those questions in mind? How do you how do you see the game kind of changing for Pat having so many guys to be able to spread the ball to? Uh, I, I think the room has, has gotten better. Just I, I think from you know top to bottom. And I think that's one thing that uh, we got to acknowledge is that, you know, from man to man all the way through, we are a better receiving core, right? I mean, we had Tyreek who who was at the top of his game and then Travis, but then all of a sudden you got these guys who without a doubt have been uh, great, you know, on their teams before, right? On on the previous teams, you know, MVS was probably the third receiver up there in Green Bay. Uh, Juju was probably was number one when AB left, you know, ended up becoming like, you know, number two at one point, then number one, uh, all pro. Uh, and then you're talking about, you know, the guys that, uh, you know, McCole. McCole has has become better over the years. And so that's what you want to see, that type of progress. And then we go talk about Sky Moore, what he's done in college and maybe his transition into the league. And what maybe I, and I, I'm a big believer in a guy, Josh Gordon, having a, a whole offseason under his belt, I think he'd be able to contribute. I think he'd be able to contribute a lot better than what he did last year. Uh, and that's going to be significant. And so uh, there's a number of guys, I think, man, just in the room. But I think Patrick, having those options, guys, is, is a great problem to have. You know, because now, you know, he don't have to rely on, like you said, the whole deep ball, and, you know, get open, let me throw it over here. I mean, that's, that's one thing. It's great to have that, right? you know, in your arsenal, but now all of a sudden you don't have to rely on it, right? You don't have to just kind of throw your eyes and like, man, I know he's down here. I know he's going to make a play. You got playmakers all around you now, and he could kind of pepper it like what like he wants to. Now, defensively, I think defenses will still give us kind of that. If we, if we tend to stay with the, a passing game a lot, then they're still going to be able to drop, you know, seven, eight guys in, in coverage. I, I still believe that. Uh, and so with the news guy, new guys kind of coming in and having learned how to do, you know, deal with the offense, uh, is going to be the challenge, right? Uh, Patrick does a great job of extending plays with his legs. Okay. I think he's one of the best in the games, you know, able to do that. I mean, he's just been, he's been phenomenal in that aspect, uh, since he's been back there, uh, calling plays. And so having those options and getting guys open guys that he know are like proven guys. These are proven guys that's played other places that could catch the football. I think uh, was going to give him a sense of comfort. And so that's what you see. The offense is going to be more so kind of geared. It's still going to be a passing offense. What you do to change the defense up, you got to run the football. Okay. I'm not going to, I'm not going to miss that point about it at all because look, we got three stellar running backs. I know we were talking about the wide receiver room, but look, we got CEH, we got Rojo, and now we got McKinnon, okay? And we got three guys that can run the football and catch the football. And I think they're going to be a, a big part of what we do. And if they're not, they should be, okay? And I think it'll help open up the pass a little bit more. It's just, you know, the run opens up the pass and the same vice versa. And so uh, I think Patrick's attitude is, is coming into the season. just like, oh, man, this, this is great. This is great. Because now I know guys are going to get open. Starting to get rapport with him. He knows guys are going to catch the football. He's got, look, and, and these guys, all these guys have got, got hands. So and I ain't even, I ain't said anything about a tight end yet, right? I didn't say that about Travis. Mm-hmm. So I'm just talking about the wide receiver room and the running backs. 
of the, the, the type of weapons he's got around him. So, man, they're they going to look good. Our offense is going to look good. Matter of fact, I think we're going to have the best offense uh, in the AFC. I do. So we'll, we'll have one of the top offenses in the NFL, mm-hmm. uh, without a doubt. When it's all said and done, I think when everybody starts gelling together and this thing looking like it, it, it if it comes all together like it should, mm-hmm. oh, man, you're going to have some fun out there. Pat's going to be putting up a whole lot of numbers. There's going to be a lot of things that's going to be a little slightly different, but a little the same. Patrick's still going to get guys. You're going to throw them, put darts on them right in their chest. We got guys, like I said, that's going to be able to snag it and catch it. So that's going to be good. Do you think with the amount of guys that we have, do you think there's going to be – how many 1,000-yard receivers do you think we'll have this year? Let's say Kelsey will get one. Yeah. We'll have one. What about the receivers? Because I, I honestly don't think – I think there's a chance we might not get a 1,000-yard receiver. I think we might we might spread it out and have a bunch of guys at 800. Like, yeah. I think it's going to be more like that, maybe a 900 guy. But I think it's going to be more spread out that way. I mean, that's what I think, but – I mean, just so I many weapons. No, 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 I agree with you. I, th- I think it's going to be a lot of guys just right under that cusp of a thousand. You know, yeah, eight hundred, maybe nine here and stuff. I think, I think, you know, Juju, Juju definitely got that capability, mm-hmm. right? He's been able to do it. Uh, so, you know, MBS, hey, he has an ability. Like these, that's the thing about it. We got guys that that have the ability uh, to get a lot of yards, catch a lot of balls. Uh, shoot. I don't know, man. Offensively, man, we, we might have but maybe one of our best offenses <laughs> to date. Yeah. Patrick back there for what he got surrounding. Mm-hmm. For real. So, hey, it's good to have, you know, the home run hitter in Tyreek. We ain't got that guy no more. We got a lot of guys, home run hitter and, and consistent guys. Guys get, get the job done. And it's going to, like I said, it's going to be fun to watch. And it feels like we have a, a very selfless group. And I'm not saying that Tyreek was selfish, but I'm just saying that based on what we saw last when we heard that when we heard the sound bites where he's talking about, oh, I'm only I only got three targets at one game now. He, he was texting his agent about it. Who knows? Yeah. He may have been going to Patrick and Andy about it. But I feel like we have we have guys, MVS, who was a number three in Green Bay. You know, he knew uh-huh. his Aaron Rodgers. Juju was amongst you know, Deontay Johnson. Um, what's his name? Uh the, the big the big receiver from uh, Notre Dame. Um uh, Oh shoot! I just forgot to see his face. I know exactly who you're talking about. Uh, uh, Claypool, 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 yeah, Claypool, yeah. Um, he was amongst those guys. He was also with Antonio Brown, so he's also played third fiddle and second fiddle. He's never really been a number one guy, and I feel and Josh uh, is another guy who you know he's been that number one guy before. But I feel like it's more now. He just kind of wants to fit in with the group. Uh, Holt Hardman has been number two, number three. Um, I feel like we have so many guys who just like. They're not going to care if they're not getting a, a, a bunch of catches or a bunch of targets. They're going to know oh, it's, it's my game. This game plan benefits me or benefits somebody else. Um, yeah. And I, I feel like there's that there's going to be that kind of pressures off to make sure someone's happy. And, and that's mm-hmm. one thing. May, Tyreek Hill may have not said it to Patrick. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm just saying. But like right. that that kind of thing for Pat, it's like, oh, I may I need to make sure Tyreek's happy. I'm trying to get in his due. Maybe force a ball his way that shouldn't go his way. Um, yeah. And that, that, I think that's gone now. That, that, that's my opinion. What do you think about that aspect of it? No, I, I agree with you. I think right now all these guys are just trying to get comfortable in the offense, right? And, it, and, and also, too, uh, you know, we can't minimize when guys leave from a team and whatever it may have been, like, you know, controversy, maybe not getting a whole lot of balls because, you know, you was injured or, you know, you're trying to revamp your career uh, to appreciate the time that you get and every ball that you're getting, right, to contribute to the overall scheme of things. And that's what you want to be able to do. You want, you want to take in from what the team standard is, not 
you know, the all the accolades from the individual, you know, team aspect. We want to win this thing. And if I can contribute doing that, I think guys uh, on this squad are all about that. I really do. Uh, and like you said, I, I you know, hey, these guys right here, uh, they definitely do seem like they are uh, selfless about things. So, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's it's exciting hearing these guys talk. I mean, everyone so, seems so – and I think that – we talked about this on the show, but that, that Texas camp, they did a little getaway camp where they all went. I think that really paid off dividends, and I think we're going to see that kind of pay off when we get to, when we get to the, uh, the season. Yeah, yeah, I do too. Uh, you know, I was about to say Tyreek's hit name. I was like, I, but I'm just leaving it alone. We, <laughs> you know, okay. But, hey, these guys, it, it, that, that is strong camaraderie that you, you can get especially like that during the off season. Now these guys have been talking and I'm sure they, you know, they have a conversation stuff right now. And, and I know every single one of these guys are excited to get to training camp. I know they are right. And everybody's just waiting to get to the season. Cause everybody's like, man, I'm just, you know, we, they have so much, I think confidence in the room. Cause I think they know everybody's ability in there and that's good. That's a great place. That's a mm-hmm. great place to be. So yeah. yeah. I'm excited to talk to uh, one of our one of our guys in that receiver room about about what, kind of what we just talked about. Um, be a great discussion. Yeah, it's Ooh, gonna be yeah. really excited to hear about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, so the next topic this is about about another receiver. We talked about Juju. Um, this is some interesting something interesting here. Yeah, so you know we talk about receivers, new guys have to learn the playbook. We talk about Josh Gordon. You know, no, maybe it was the playbook the reason why he didn't play last year. We find out it's not the reason, uh, but. Having to break away from bad habits not only is, is another thing you kind of have to get not bad habits but break away from your kind of norms that you 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 kind of learn to to, to grow with with Pittsburgh, um, and he kind of talked about um, a big thing with uh, Pittsburgh versus what he's learned so far in Kansas City is kind of staying engaged with the play, um, and what he said quote we're always taught just to stay on the move because you you just never know what you'll get out of him him referring to Pat. Right. Uh, he also made note that the Chiefs have an entire practice period devoted to scrambling and unscripted plays. And he said over the last five years, since he's been in the league, he's been with uh, Big Ben. Big Ben hasn't been really the Big Ben from his r- rookie and first 10 seasons where, you know, he was a lot, a lot of unscripted plays. He'd break tackles and roll out and find someone. Juju got the, the latter part of that. He got the he got the um the, the older Big Ben, so he wasn't wasn't a lot of much of unscripted plays. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, so the question I had here is, you know, when you talk about getting accustomed to playing with a new QB and system, developing chemistry, are these the kind of things we're talking about? Like having to learn, like, look, always staying because when I saw it being engaged with the play, uh-huh. I feel like a receiver, that's just something you you naturally you naturally are always engaged with the play, but like I guess, you know going from Big Ben, old Big Ben to Pat. I mean, are these the kind of things we talk about when you're getting, getting developing that chemistry, these kinds of things? Oh, definitely, definitely. Uh, uh, because, you know, you, when you put a plan together, game plan or, you know, however you run your offense, uh, you know, you have spots that you need to be in. You have the timing down uh, when you run your routes, the depth of the route. And so sometimes as receivers, you're expecting the ball to be on you. Right. Like when you come out to break, you expect the ball to be there. And sometimes it's a clock that goes off in your head because uh, that expectation is telling me, well. If it's not here, then something's going wrong, something's wrong, something happened or somebody else has got the football. And this kind of goes back to what I was saying before, where Patrick does a great job extending plays with his legs. And so him saying he's being engaged, 
he understands that you got a guy who can, you know, run the football and throw it on a run. He can make throws that other guys just can't make. Like the no-look pass. Like, you know, he's on the sideline. He's like, man, I ain't seen anything like that. Like he faked me out, and I'm on the sideline. Right? So all those things are, are new because it's almost like uh, – I kind of liken it to like uh, Magic Johnson. Okay? If, you, if you're a Magic Johnson fan, then you know that when he played, Magic Johnson made sure that everybody that played around him was ready for the, for the ball because it could come out of nowhere. You just don't know because it was showtime. That's what he was doing, you know. How might you do? Hee hee! You know, it's, 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 it's magic because that's that's how Patrick, you know, in the in the football world, how he does things. He can run, he can throw it up here, side on. And so guys know, look, this just make sure I'm on the move. And and so I told you, I think I've, I've been saying this. It almost seemed like a, it's a big scramble drill. You know, I've heard people talking about, man, what play are they running this? I'm like, look, man, these guys are just running to get open at a certain point. Right now, you have the, the the design route, but of course, but at a certain point, it's like okay, we'll stay on the move, find a window, and that's why I always said it was kind of like a a, a smaller man's offense because you know the little guys could you know you could fit behind a linebacker, you know you could, you could you go squeak in you know right you know five yards and catch the football and then run for thirty or forty yards, so it was it was more so that like finding the windows. And keep working for Pat because Pat's going to find you. And if you could, you're finding and you're getting open, then uh, you know the football may come to you. Uh, but what we need to understand, I think, uh, you know, they're doing the scramble jewel, but the scramble jewel still has rules to it. Okay, so I want people to understand that that, that even though it's like it seems chaotic and they're doing, there's still rules to what you have to do and have to follow. Uh, so I'll give you an example. So if you have like the deep route uh, on one particular play. And you could either keep going deep, but as soon as the quarterback scrambles, at least part of our rule, the deep guy will come back to the football. Mm-hmm. Okay. The short guy will go deep. The guy that's, you know, got the, the, the shallow cross or, you know, the, the middle read uh, or the basic route uh, may switch up and go opposite in. Okay. And so there's rules to what everybody is playing and, and you got to know what everybody is doing. You got to know the route. The worst thing you could possibly do is have two guys in the same uh, area at, at one time. And th- I think the Chiefs do a great job of – they do do a great job of guys not necessarily being in the same area where it becomes crowded. Uh, but sometimes what we've seen last year when Patrick is running around and he's trying to get the ball to guys, that's kind of what happened to Josh. Uh, Josh lost two balls like that last year off his hands and, and two interceptions because it's that engaging, like keep coming back to the ball, right? And I, I've seen him get on – uh, Hardman a couple of times, like, look, man, you need to go deep. Like, you know, the rule, like if don't just, you know, like uh, throttle down when I'm coming, I'm, I'm looking for you to go deep. I'm looking for you to run across your, you know, uh, uh, you know, full blast on these things. And so you can see that in his eyes and I can see that in the offense of what they're, they're trying to do, especially if the guy's not open initially, or he does not get the ball out of his hand right now, stay on the move. Here's the rule. Know who's in your space, what you can do what you can't do, uh, and get open for Patrick, right? Find a window. So there's still rules to the chaos. It really is. But Juju said, look, man, we're doing drills. So we understand this is what can happen in the game because it will happen in the game. This is how our offense is predicated off guys not getting open initially and then finding the window or hole that Patrick can get the ball to you. So we have the best quarterback in the business that can do that. 
You know, I, I don't know any other quarterback that he uh, may not be the fastest, but as far as uh, as fast as he is, getting the ball at his hand and being that accurate, okay? Hint, hint, uh, Tua, talking about accuracy. Pat got that. He already got it, man. So that's where we're at, man. That's 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 what Juju's talking about. Mm-hmm. So yeah, Pat's got that. Uh, that's he's got a sneaky athletic. Uh, like he's not he's not the fastest, but he's still yeah, got man. sneaky athleticism. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he, it's funny too because he he's deceptive in his speed. He really is. He's not faster than what people think, and I think sometimes uh, they might think Patrick's got is got a little like. Little dumpy around the midsection. I don't think they think he can move a little bit, right? Yeah. He may not look like the most athletic guy, but that sucker, he gets it down. He gets it done. Yeah. He's done trimmed down, man. He's look, he, he'll look, he's an athlete. Yeah. Patrick's an athlete. Let's just put it that way. Okay. Yeah. He's played baseball. I'm sure he played basketball and other things like that, man. He's an athlete. So mm. hey, look, don't, don't let the smooth taste fool you. Okay. Yeah. He'll, he'll get on you quick. <laughs> Now, what Juju said, though, because like in that quote, he also said that he's never been, he's never had a um, a practice period devoted to uh, unscripted plays before. Now, that's not traditionally in a part of the NFL periods, like practice periods, right? The most yeah, no. have, have no, a you have no. devoted to that. No, we do. Yeah, we do scrimmage every day, every single day. But uh, like the whole period, like in itself. So I, I don't know how they was doing up in Pittsburgh. But I know when we had it, we there was always a, a, a time that we did scramble drill toward that like it was a two-minute scramble drill. If we didn't like even on seven on seven, if you're not getting the football, we work on scramble drill. Right. Because we just say you come back, hey man, it's scramble drill, right? The ball's not coming out, scramble drill. Like you still had to work on it. We don't want guys just standing around. Right. And so that's what he was talking about. Like the plays are lasting longer than what he's used to. Okay, because that's what's expected here in Kansas City. Yep. So uh, yeah, now that yeah, no, we have we have periods that you you would do scramble drill every single day. That was just part of it, you know. So, like I said, man, these look work on practically every scenario that there is the guys could even think of, and that's why I say sometimes these things that happen in the game, coaches have thought it out. I mean, you have to. I mean, you have to think about what is it I'm going against if I get in this scenario. What's the contingency plan? How do I get out of it? What do we do in this, this particular thing? We all don't want to be looking like deers in headlights and just standing around. You know, we don't look want to look bad as coaches like, oh, well, we don't know what to do, mm-hmm. right? Let's go. Hey, it's what we do, right? This the improvise if you need to, but just make sure you're, you know, when you're you're improvising, you're not on top of another player while you're doing it. You're not running in and looking like I don't know who, uh, who like Three Stooges, all right? Right. So, mm. I believe uh, also um, in that same quote, Juju said that he had never uh, the the first time he got a no look pass uh, was was Patrick in the Pro Bowl uh, in 2019. Oh, Patrick, really? Okay. He played the no looker to him in uh, in, in the game. <laughs> yeah, man, be ready, man, be ready, because he'll hit you. He'll hit you dead in your helmet and and pop up, and you're not expecting it, and you out you have to be ready all the time. Mm-hmm. All the time. I uh, did. I did. Trent ever do any no looks in uh, in practice or Brody or or, or Damon? No, uh, uh, uh-uh. uh. They it might have did it in 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 team messing around, but not in practice. Now, uh, <laughs> Trent. Now, no, Trent was. I mean, when I'm telling you, that was a great thing. I, I love watching Trent work because if the ball wasn't on the receiver, or you know, it was in the dirt, or somebody missed the ball, Trent would count everything out. And he was, it was precise. 
Like he knew how, how deep you had to be. And he knew if the time one was off, because everything was like on time and everybody was expecting the ball. Ball was coming out of hand and you weren't even out of your route. And right. so that's what I just that's what you you knew. That's that was part of what the offense was uh was geared to, you know, was on timing. And we we was he, he was great at it. Absolute one of the best I've seen, like when I'm talking about to a T in detail, depth of the route, timing of the route, when you're supposed to be. And and Al Saunders, I'll, I'll tell you what Al used to say. Al Saunders used to say, be where you're supposed to be when you're supposed to be there. That was our mantra. Be where you're supposed to be when you're supposed to be there. Because if you're not, everything messes up because your timing is off. So, yeah, I mean, that's talking about being exact and precise with uh, yeah. everything. <laughs> yes. Yes. And, uh, another way, well, Casey Prince, I remember in, in our, uh, that, that, preseason we had some scramble, scramble drills with him i'm sure i mean did he ever uh no uh no no looks with no with him no i, I think he would be a type he ended up playing in the cfl they experiment with everything up there so you know oh yeah yeah no i mean i can't think of, like no look passes um i really man but case make people miss though man he's the athlete athletic man yeah oh yeah and, and he wasn't sneaky about it he was, he was Ooh, cool, man. yeah he make it look easy too man mm. I just love watch Casey out there running with that ball in his head and just put the ball up because he'd be out there like this, like dancing with it. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was another guy. We talked about Rod Garner getting cut, and uh, he was he was another guy that should not have gotten cut on that off that team. Yeah, man, that was that, that, that was a surprise. Um, okay, so uh, next uh, next topic here. Um, so this is this is interesting. I thought it was really interesting in an article uh, from the Athletic with uh, Nate Taylor. Um, it's been told uh, that uh, Justin Reed is already being seen as the leader of the defense by many of his teammates. And that's what, that's what three months ago he got signed. So like, I mean, this is a sh- very short time. Um, but in the article, uh, Nate Taylor spoke with uh, Justin Reed and uh, Reed said in the article, one of his, he had a lot of good quotes, but this is the one that stood out to me uh, quote in my role in the back end, your teammates have to know you're getting to be where you're going to be and you're going to handle your responsibility on the field. That's what comes first. Your leaders need to be your best players, but your best players also have to be your hardest workers. I live by that. So, JD, what do you think of Reed's comments and how teammates are already seeing him as leader of this defense? Kind of really re- replacing what we had in Tyron Matthew, who was the heart and soul of the defense. Seems like Justin Reed is kind of stepping in and just taking from that uh, what Matthew left off. Uh, you, you know, you, you need a guy like that. And I think they they realized who they were getting. And why they were getting him, because they knew that he had that leadership quality about him. They knew that he was a stud out there. And so uh, some guys you could just tell. You could just tell in the way that they 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 maneuver, how they talk and communicate to other people, how other people are responding to him. And so uh, him having kind of that sense of urgency and just putting things on his shoulders. I mean, shoot, the, the Chiefs uh, did well with getting Justin Reed, no doubt about it. You know, young guy. And I think that was the, like this right on the wall. Just like, look, we just want to go younger with this. But if we could get a guy that's almost like Tyron, that's what we want to do. Right. And so just to read, like you said, he, he's, uh, you know, intelligent guy. Uh, I think you said, you know, he's well-spoken, uh, but also direct. When you have guys that, that doesn't really uh, uh, wane from what they want to do, you see the goals and what they're talking about. He's like, okay, this guy. This is a guy you need to follow. This is a guy that you need to watch. And so he's already saying, look, you watch how I work. 
Let that lead you. Okay. I'll be the talk. I'll talk also, but also too, I don't want to be like the, the empty wagon. Cause there's too many, you know, we all know guys like that. Hey, come on guys. You're that man. You are like, you ain't, you, you ain't doing what you're supposed to do. Yeah. And here you calling guys out, man. I hate the guys like that. <laughs> come on guys. You shut your tail. You ain't, you ain't doing nothing. Right. <laughs> and so he, he's just commanding that type of respect and attention. Uh, and knowing, hey, look, uh, I'm your first like uh, free agent signing. So y'all, hey, this meant something, right? So we if we revamping the defense, and he understands like the shoes he had to fill and who he's coming in to replace. Hey, man, he's got He's got to adopt all of that, every single aspect of that. And uh, I don't think he's a fluke at all. I think he's a real deal. And we're gonna we're gonna see it this uh, this season, but you know, hey man, just to read, man, it's gonna be an exciting guy to to, to watch, uh, but also too with the the secondary that he has is the most promising thing. Mm-hmm. When you got a young McDuffie out there, you got other guys out here who are still needed. They need that leader that leader to talk to them and talk them through particular things. Right, that is just your your pulse. You need to have a guy like that that hold guys accountable and get guys up and prepared. So yeah, he'll fill that role uh, uh, tremendously. No doubt about it. No doubt about it. Yeah. Uh, and it's cool too. Cause I mean, he's, he's adopt, he's, he's pretty much inheriting a defense, which is kind of the secondary, which has filled a lot of young guys. Um, and yeah. he's like, I mean, I think he might be the oldest guy in that secondary now. I, I think he is oh. the oldest guy and he's young bug. Yeah. Um, and another thing too um, with him, we talk about similarities with Matthew. He was the, uh, I believe he was the Walter Payton uh, um, nominee for the Houston Texans last year, the year before. So I mean, this is a good, it's a good, this is a good quality guy. We're getting on top of, you know, oh, yeah. just kind of the leadership aspect. Right. Um, right. But is it rare though to kind of see a guy who hasn't stepped on a field yet? He's already getting that, like he's already being seen as a leader on the defense. And that's kind of, we haven't, we haven't really gotten to even training camp yet. He's already being seen as that. I mean, does that speak volumes that a guy's already getting that kind of respect right away like that? Oh, absolutely. You know, just in, in his demeanor and in his presentation and how he talks and how he carries himself. I mean, you, you can see it, like I said. And I think, uh, you know, when he comes in, he's talking, he's talking, not just talking a good game, but he's out there and he's showing it. Uh, and guys like that, man, it's just, they're not flukes. You know, he knows, he knows what to do. He knows what to say. He knows how to present himself, and to me, he's a guy that's going to get the job done. And he's letting everybody know, like, look, I came here for a particular job. I'm going to get this job done, and I'm going to make sure I'm going to bring other people with me to make sure they get the, their jobs done too. Mm-hmm. So, uh, no, I mean, a guy like that, hey, shoot, you want to you want a guy like that on your team. And like you said, up for the Walter Payton Man of the Year, what, hey. Those accolades, they don't come easy, right? They ain't just being picked by anybody. Mm. This guy right here is a solid guy. Yep. So uh, good job for the Chiefs, man, going out and getting it, for real. Mm. Yeah. No, and that's the thing, too. It's like I know some people say, well, he didn't win it. He was the nominee for his team. But you know, you know how many oh, guys? There's 53, there's 53 guys in that team, and a lot of them do a lot of charitable work in their communities. So it's 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 a, it's a, it's a tough thing to, uh, to achieve. Man. <laughs> If guys are saying that, man, Jim Jones is just saying anything. 
It, it, well, it just one controversy. It's one to just say the opposite of whatever you know. I will say I have not. I have not seen anybody say that directly about him, but I've seen that before where people just knock, you know, just knock nominees from teams. It's like, well, he didn't win it. He's you know he's a nominee. It's like I mean, ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, no, I, no, I get it. I get it. And, and like if it wasn't him, just anybody. Like, well, why would you try to minimize the guy is is being kind of chosen by his peers and everybody around him and recognizing his greatness and the leadership quality, whoever it may be. Mm. Uh, and you just want to hate on him or, you know, oh, you know, like I said, diminish the contribution. It's crazy. It's crazy. Yeah. No, it's, that's the, uh, it's the internet and that, and, and, and Twitter comments that people, I, that's why, that's why I know people say, that. I, I was looking like, oh, well, <laughs> yeah, someone's, right, someone's, right. someone's knocking him for, uh, only being the nominee. He didn't win the entire award, but you know, there's a, there's 53 guys on a roster do a lot for their community. So it's a, it's a, that's a, that's, it's not an easy award to get. Right. Right. I mean, you, you got, you guys had uh, Brian Waters win that award every year. <laughs> Brian Waters. I think uh wheel was up for it too. We had a couple guys that was, that was part of it. I think T rich might've been maybe uh part of a nominee one year. Man. So the chiefs have done a good job. They've, they've had, you know, a multitude of guys that have been up for that award. I know when I was playing, I think, you know, probably throughout, you know what I mean? So, yeah. and that that's hats off. That's their commitment to the community and what they do to kind of get the guys out there. So just a great, great a organization, right? Yeah, it really is. So that's what that's all about as well. That goes to show you how tough it is, though. You have a multitude of guys who are like doing so much for their communities. Like it's not, right. it's not easy to get that award even within that team, let alone the entire the entire league. Right, right. It's true. It's crazy. Um, anybody to knock to knock that's just. Uh, uh, unpleasant human being. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Um, okay. So the last topic tonight, uh, as we mentioned earlier, we had a topic for two topics for the tight ends, and this one is dedicated to tight end university, tight end U, uh, which is going on this week. I think it, it started either today or yesterday. But um, all the best NFL tight ends I've gathered down in Nashville, Tennessee, to train and coach up fellow tight ends all over, um, and uh, uh, pretty much all the uh, I think. Almost every team is represented in this one. Uh, you got the all all all, all the top guys are there: Dawson Knox, Travis Kelsey, George Kittle, um, Irv Smith. All these guys are there. I think Joke is there too. Everyone's there. You name a tight end. They, you look at the group picture from last year. They, every thirty-two uh, starring tight end was was there. All thirty-two of them. But this is the second year of the tight end. You, I know you're 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 a proud papa. Is seeing seeing all the uh, all the, all the young guys go out there um, to tight end you and kind of gather, but. Um, I want to ask you, I kind of let you take away this segment. Um, is there anything that you really hope the tight ends kind of discuss or talk about while they're all gathered there and, and together in Nashville? Or is there anything that you really want to say to all these guys out in Nashville right now? Well, first time, I, I just I just want to say, man, hope the guys are having a great time down there. Everybody be safe. You know, don't do anything stupid, right? You know, because meet each and every one of you guys, right? It's just good competitors and playing football, NFL. You know, it, like I said, it's a brotherhood. So it don't matter if you're wearing a different uniform. You could be on your team next year or something like that happens. But, you know, you want everybody uh, to come home uh, uh, healthy. Uh, but I will say this. I think them getting together, I think you have to talk about contracts. I think you have to talk about setting the market for the tight ends. I think you and I'm sure they have their conversations. If if they're not, then they need to. Then I need to go ahead and drive down to Nashville. I'm like, hey, look, man, listen, look, they've been screwing us over the years. Okay, we we've been, uh, you know, the uh, 
the what's the name of the, the bridesmaid, not the bride for a long time. We ain't the one they, they've been paying a whole lot of money to. And, and y'all been producing a whole lot. And every one of y'all guys have been absolutely stellar. Most of the guys, top guys. I mean, you could you could run through them. Uh, the top 10 guys, the teams won't be doing what they, they're they doing without these tight ends out here. I mean, the supreme athletes catching a lot of balls. I mean, they are absolutely wearing defenses out. And so they are an important, integral part of what teams do offensively. And they have to be acknowledged for that. And they need to be compensated for it as well. If everybody else is being compensated for what they do on the football team and their productivity, then the tight ends need to be in that conversation as well. So uh, I'm sure they're doing that. Like I said, if they're not, then no, I know they're doing it. They, They had to. I mean, that's part of like getting together because you you want to you know make sure everybody's being taken care of. And it's good because you put your eyes on what the other guy's doing, right? Working out. So it's like, okay, look, I'm gonna see if he got a new move or he's, you know, what they talking about doing. So that's good. That's good for the appearance. Guys get down there, you know, every year. So I hope it's gonna make it a yearly thing. But uh I think that's one of the things you have to do is you have to hash out uh the money aspect of everything and how's guys gonna get paid. So we know wide receivers making top money, defense end making top money. Uh, Aaron Donald just set the market for defensive tackles, you know, making top money. So now that's that's going to be something new in the conversation. We're talking about uh, uh, outside uh, uh, O-linemen, right, tackles, making a whole lot of money. Secondary, everybody's making a whole lot of money. Quarterbacks, of course, you know, they're always going to be the first ones you get the money to. Mm-hmm. But now all of a sudden you've got all of these tremendous tight ends uh, – what are they making, right? Ah, well, we could do all right at the tight. Really? You think you can? Okay. Well, I don't know if the Chiefs would be as good without Travis Kelsey. And then you start looking at Waller. You start looking, you know, at Kittles. You start looking at Andrews. You start, and you could start going up, listen, this, listen, this, listen, this, right? On and on and on. So, uh, yeah, we got to talk about just, you know, the highest paid tight end or who's going to go up there. Got to set the market. So I think uh, who's uh, who's the highest paid tight end? Is it Joko? Is he the one? I think he might be. I think because he just signed a deal. So I'm I'm thinking he may be the guy. uh, But I know he got a good deal. I know that. But the the highest paid, and I know Trap, look, and it's commendable for what Travis is doing. And I I agree with him 100% of cementing the legacy, what he wants to do. Uh, and, And, but you know, the reality is he's got to be paid as such. Okay. We're talking about being, you know, one of the greats of all time. We, we got him. Mm. So if he's here, he needs to be compensated for it. So. That's, yeah, that's, that's, that's what we talk about. So tighten you enjoy yourself, enjoy your fellows around you. Go have a good time in Nashville. Nashville is a great city. Uh, go in and get that grind and that work in, uh, you know, but Hey, Talk business. It's all business down there too. So on the field and off the field, right? So sometimes you just gotta you you want to uh, uh, put a new wave into what you you're trying to do at these positions and doing things a different way. I, I like it. So you know when they put these things together, put their hands together uh, to make a decision for Titan University. It was is one of the greatest things ever. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Um, 
to what you said, uh, number one, Kittle uh, uh, makes the most. Uh, Kelsey's number two. Dallas Goddard, number three. And uh, Njoku, number four. Okay. All right. So what is what is what is Kittle making a year? Uh, 15 a year for Kittle. Um, his contract was 30 million guarantee. Uh, Kelsey's 14, three. Uh, his contract was 21 guaranteed. Uh, and then Goddard 14, two. So he's just a little bit behind Kelsey. And then his fully guaranteed was a uh, 14 mil. Yeah. So yeah, these guys, they, they, yeah. Tight ends got to be up there in the twenties, man. I mean, shoot. Wide receivers, everybody else is getting close to 30. Yeah. Hey. Man, as the cap gets bigger, it's it's going to happen eventually. Man, money's going to be there. That's the thing about it. Money's going to be there. Yep. Yep. Set the market. Set the market. Set the market. Set the market. Who's going who's to be the one to do that? Uh, the Kittle wants Kelsey to be the one to do that. And uh, Kelsey kind of said, it. Kelsey kind of said no to that. <laughs> I know it. I, I, I know. But hey, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's going to happen at some point here. So. Oh, yeah. Someone's gonna get it. I mean, hey, maybe maybe when Pitts uh, uh, is done with his rookie contract, maybe he'll be the the first one to do it. Maybe he got to produce. It's true. Hey, he got to produce. He's got no Julio. He's got no one over there right now. No Ridley this year. He's gonna be the only guy there. Right. Yeah. So, but. All right, fellas. Well, that does it for us. Thanks for tuning in to Chief Concerns presented by Bet Online. We'll see you guys next week. Um and. Hopefully, based on what we talked about last week, hopefully we're getting closer to training camp. Hopefully that uh, that edge rush, that contingency plan is gonna 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 hit for us. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> so I know I'm sure there's some talks out there right now. So, all right, like I said, it, it, you know something's gonna happen. It's gonna have to. Yeah. Actually, there was one thing I wanted to mention before before we left. I did a little bit more digging. So Robert Quinn not only uh, is our chief, uh, the former chief executive, uh, front office guy who's there now as their GM for the last 13 years. But the guy who drafted him when he was in the St. Louis Rams, the head coach of the Rams at the time was Spags. Spags was the head coach when they drafted him in the first round that year. Oh, shoot. There you go. Quinn, you can trade for Quinn or you can sign JPP when JPP played for Spags. So there's connections there with with, with, uh, some of the options out there. So we'll we'll see. Hopefully one of those things comes to fruition by next Wednesday and uh, we can talk to you guys about it. So I hope you guys have a great weekend. JD, I'll see you next time, buddy. Hi, everybody. Thanks for watching. Subscribe here to get the latest from the show. Also, be sure to check out the best clips from Chief Concerns. And if you prefer to listen to the show, subscribe and follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and anywhere else you get podcasts. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.